My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and on today's podcast, we have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce you to Les Stevenson, and to coin a phrase from our uh, Scanner Radio brothers and sisters from down under, this guy is a complete legend. Les has spent his last 60-plus years scanning in the Toronto area of Canada, and some of the stories that Les tells about his background and how he got started with scanning and into the fire services, and all the differences and changes in how scanning, I mean, works, and how scanning was available to us, or to him, through these last 60 years is quite a journey. Now, Les also is a longtime supporter of Scanner School by being a Patreon member, and I have the privilege of speaking with Les usually once a month when we do our Patreon extra credit uh, monthly meetups. But Les reached out to me. He wanted to be a part of the podcast in this aspect as well, so we welcome him with open arms today to be on the podcast. Now, as a reminder, you can be a guest on the podcast as well. And as you'll hear from today's conversation, this is really what it is. It's a conversation, a back and forth. These aren't interviews or grilling sessions or like that. It's two radio people speaking and recording the conversation for you guys all to listen to. So again, if you want to be on the podcast, go to scannerschool.com slash guest. And with that, I'd like to introduce you to Les Stevenson. Hey, Les, thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast today. And more importantly, Les, I want to thank you so much for being a long-term Patreon supporter. I really do appreciate you not only supporting the podcast, but taking the time to uh, to be here today and, and share your story with Scanning with everybody who listens to the podcast. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Phil. I'm geek to be here to help you open your podcast. All right. So um, you've been scanning for quite a long time. I know we have a, a long history to get, to, to get through here. But before we get to any of that, why don't you uh, introduce yourself as who you are and, and basically where you're from? I'm Les Stevenson. I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I've been a member of Scanner School now for a couple of years. And before that, I was in scanning for a long time. And what got you started in scanning? It went back to 1959 when I was a better than a kid as far as um, schooling, as far as um, the... Uh, Please a crowd type thing. As long as I was playing with somebody, you know, somebody else would go to the other said, you don't go away, you don't get lost. So I walked around the corner one day, I sat on a ramp of a brand new fire station on Lampton Avenue in former York Township. And they, uh, a firefighter went and said, what's wrong? I told him, he says, point of light, I'll get you a pop. And that began a 13 year, a 13 year, um, Wonderful memories of uh, being at a fire station for 13 long years. This one person eventually down the line, I waited till the first videos came out. Little Shacks went with a, an all-band portable with VHF high on it. And that's how I was able to begin to monitor the Art Township frequency, which at the time was 154.890. And then the Fire Muscles channel. 
down the road when they when they uh, went from a uh, letter system to uh, platoons, I hooked up a D platoon, and that was the most memorable time of my life. Down the road about 1967, and uh, another mission took place again, uh, and um, Toronto went with Weston, I mean, York with Weston, and the rest of Toronto was uh, Swansea and Forest Hill. One time they had a, a uh, to begin with, this firefighter, he was a wonderful friend to me, he got out the old EMO book, which is now emergency measurements. It used to be an um, emergency measurement organization. Mm-hmm. And it threw all the orange stuff in the book. Then one night he was on in the evenings, and they had a major fire up in the northwest corner, northeast uh, corner of the city, of the Ben Denver's side of New York. And uh, he says, What's the answer? Because the fellow said, Go ahead and answer, answer the call. Me on the radio? I said, Okay, I did it. And um, <laughs> York said, uh, Charles said, uh, York, the fire, if York, the Charles is York, we have a call. And that was the beginning of me getting into scanning. Gotcha. I went, I went to the first radio smoke from Radio Shack. It was a transistor radio with all bands and the VHF high band. And I was able to click on to, um, it was very hard to monitor because I only got one side of the conversation for a long time. And then a radio come out by, I think it was either Helicopters or Helicopters or Lafayette. The one band, VHF High Radio Plastic with a, with a tuning dial and a little red uh, marker in the middle of a um, piece of tin. Mm-hmm. And I was able to hook onto that and I was able to hear everything. So eventually down the road, when I moved from the, uh, which is a little hamlet of Mount Dennis to Oceanly Tobacco, I was able to, my dad was giving the permission to put a Bitcoin antenna on top of the tower in the backyard of our house on Buckley Crescent. So it was up about 40 feet in the air and I caught everything from there on. And that, that day I started getting all sorts of radios. <laughs> I got, first of all, got the first ever, I don't even call this little thing with a, a four channel crystal radio, a little small portable, I think they're called Chrome something. And okay. there's four, four little crystals in there. And so I, I bought, I went to the radio shack store. I bought a crystal for the fire marshal's office and, and the, um, and the ambulance at the time, which was just a mishmash and the, um, Toronto, uh, Toronto police and the OPP. That's before the, the Toronto police decided to go encrypted. Right, right, right. So we moved up along the line and we went to, um, I went and got, um, First of all, one radio I got was um, using an MR8100. Nice radio. And I, I got, got myself a, a Regency MX300. I got it from Diamond Richmond Hill. I got a good deal on that. I got $300 for that radio. And I moved up the line, and I got two uh, three 895s using Bearcat uh-huh. down the road. And I got myself a, I think it was 898 if you were, two of them. Okay. And this fellow came and did a job for me. He tapped them so I could watch the trunk in the eight so I could watch the um, calls on, on the screen, like the, the uh, IDs and everything on the radios. So down up the road I went and I got myself a Pro 43 for the shots and a Pro 34, which I didn't really like. A Pro right. 35, sorry, Pro 35, I didn't like it. Because I did go up to the, um, and I went to about 500 megahertz, which more I wanted. So I got myself the um, next up the line. I got into more 
expensive radios. I got myself a 780, Bearcat 780, mm-hmm. and I got myself a Bearcat 235 and, a two, and um, up the line again, I went to a, um, a Bearcat, and I got the gun, I went on the line, was up the line for a long time, got a 436 and a 536, which is still passed away to this day, I don't know where, because I moved three times in about 10 years. So it's practically in a box somewhere. I guess over at my friend's place now, probably. And uh, so that's still sitting there. And I uh, had that running for a while. And then I had the Pro 436, had two of them. Okay. And then I got to the SPSs. That's an amazing journey, just listening to the different radios and the difference in technology from going from a transistor radio with a basically a, a, a tunable dial, right, to pick up what it was that you wanted to receive, then into the upgrade from that was crystal. The upgrade from there was synthesized radio. The upgrade from there was the ability to start basic trunking, the, you know, in the 890. And then the 898 with uh, still no alpha tags, but you had PL and DPL. And then you had the, the, the 780, which, which allowed you to do EDAX. And, and well, the 898 also allowed you to do EDAX also. But just the progression of listening to the different kinds of radios. And now, did you ever think when you first started getting involved with scanning in 1959 that you would have a handheld radio that had an entire nationwide database on the scanner with a color display that would not only show you who was talking, but could bounce around across multiple frequencies, alpha tag the actual group you're listening to, and the radio that is physically keying up. You, you've gone through a better half of a decade in, in scanning. And there's not many people out there that can say that. Les, you've been, you are, you were basically at the beginning all the way to current day. And it's amazing just to hear the differences in just that one story alone. How much has changed in these years? And we don't even think about it, right? Somebody like me who got involved with scanning. I mean, I was born in, in the late 70s, very late 70s. And so my first memories of scanning were my dad's radios in the 80s. And I still owned a crystal controlled radio. I, I remember the days of it bouncing, you know, it bouncing around. And my favorite radio, again, the one that has, has most nostalgia to me is a fan and courier, which is the equivalent basically of a Bearcat Slim Scan for channel radio. But I mean, it's it's amazing to hear all the differences. Now, in in 1959, ballpark range. I don't need an exact range here, but whereabout were you age wise? Were you early teens, late teens, early twenties? I mean, I was I was born in 1948. I'd be about 11, 12 years old. 11, 12 years old. Okay, so you got basically you were you were like you said you were sitting by the ramp on a fire station, and that started you with the fire service. So, did you join at that time as a junior no, firefighter? I was, well, I, I was actually just say a um, wannabe firebug at the time. Okay. And so I, I went there, and I went there every Sunday. We used to work one, one Sunday a, week, a month, 24 hours, and Friday and Saturday nights. And I used to go to the restaurant and get the one the restaurant for the supper of that instead of, uh, instead of having a sandwich and that the wife's pack. Okay. I went, uh, I went um, to the restaurant. Whenever I went to the restaurant, they gave me whatever I wanted. In other words, they put money in for me to get, they had hamburgers, I got a hamburger. Okay. 
<laughs> so so basically they they kind of took you in as as family more or less as as a yeah, part yeah. of and I was their I was I was um, their family too because I did everything I could to help them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I went up I went up opened up the doors when you were leaving and everything else and I was even get to the point where they were close to spring loaded doors when they closed the front the uh, bay doors. I was gonna close them after they left. It cut gotcha. my age it took an awful lot of pressure, but I got it done. So you were basically volunteering and being part of the fire service until you, you were you were volunteering and being part of the station house as an unofficial member, and then when you were old enough to be a part officially, that's when basically your your volunteer career started with the fire service when you were old enough. It's about eight, seventeen or eighteen. I right didn't volunteer. I didn't run any trucks or anything. I did mm-hmm. jack of all trades except that. Gotcha. Like I, I just started uh, going to wash dishes. They wouldn't run a call. I washed the dishes up after dinner and stuff like that, and we were away. And they got back, and the dishes were all done. I would dry the dishes and uh, I'd say, six full of dishes. I washed the dishes and I'd like, dry the dishes. And I went out and helped them wash the trucks and everything else. I even hauled hose from the, from the dryer to the truck. And that was, and that was no, that was no, um, Easy task. And those those holes were, even though they were dry, were still heavy. But the ones coming off the truck going to the dry were even heavier. You had to roll them. I bet you had to roll, drag them down the hall bayway bay area down to the uh, hose dryer. I couldn't listen to the hose dryer, but they they said that was okay. They did it for me. But I I did everything I possibly could to help them. Very nice. I was, I was more like a a jury member type thing. I did everything like like down the state. They have volunteer fire department for the for the um, they have a uh, a live auxiliary type thing, and I thought like a jury member where I did everything except fight fires. So it sounds like you've had quite the career with the fire service. Is there anything else you want to get into with the fire service before we start talking about scanning where you live now in in the area of Toronto, Canada? Yes, but the funny thing I want to go back. You had that uh, person on last uh, sometime in the fall there when he was talking about the electron scan, uh, electron uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, in the in the um, alarm room in the in the uh, off the uh, bay there, they had on the wall they had uh, electron alarms for the Hunter Memorial Hospital on Church Street in Western, the Northwestern Hospital on Kill Street in uh, Part of Kill Street Land from the Pent near the um, almost uh, lakefront right up to um, Steeles. And they had a, a, a on that street, there was usually a, a hospital called Northwestern General. And they had a, had a long hook and nerve from Plectron. And they had three factories along the um, street, just, uh, just, I forget the name of the street now, but they had three, three factories in uh, just the north, on the north part of the city. Where the um, those alarms were hooked into the uh, the platform were hooked into the um, alarm room, and okay. whenever they went off, whenever they went off, it sent two stations to the call to the hospitals, and that here's it here's it with Julia, that uh, Hunter Memorial Hospital at the time was also on the borderline of North York and in, in, in York, and so that hospital had two responses. The two different departments because we were, we were on the borderline. The back half was North Shore, the front half was Toronto, like that, Europe, that good old country. 
And whenever that alarm went off, it, it sent a response to two components. They had to call North Southern Company with a fire response that if they didn't have to run for uh, the hospital only or the dark had it to do plectron system. So each one of those different alarms had their own plectron receiver, and then each plectron receiver would be tied into your alarm bay, basically, to, to alert you guys? The thing would go off, like a great big alarm bell would go off, and it would flash, and a little screen flash saying that red or green, red or green or orange. It would flash red, that means there's a fire off. And they they had a little light system hooked up to it. And if the red light flashed, it was it had the same trucks. Very interesting. So 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 interesting to hear the difference between how things were done and how things are done now. It's it's amazing. Like that that and it's different too, right? Because it's it's a lot of like solid state and relays and physically wiring things to work together in a in a in a network that uh, has a lot of ands or ors associated with them, hardware based, right? Through relays and 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 switching and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool just to hear you explain how things were wired in and how things were set up and how you were alerted and notified on, on different things. And it just makes me appreciate a little bit more how things were done during the time frame that you're explaining that. So it's very interesting to hear those kinds of things. Yeah, yes. Well, as of today, sort of things, the things today are a lot more in the future and they were guys then. People do so much now. Now you got the... Computers and fire truck, fire trucks. You got computers and what's called mm-hmm. geotech systems, and they got uh, GPS in trucks, and you even got a uh, thing on the roof of the trucks that can change the traffic plates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and and you're getting the printouts and GPS, to, you know, and and the whole fleet's on GPS. Everybody knows where everybody is, and uh, even and, a lot of the dispatching and, and, is all computerized. It's amazing. Yes, and tell it goes down, and then they have to. Uh, See, in, in the computers in the trucks, they can press a button on route, return to station, in station, and it makes it a harder on us to listen to now. But when the system goes down, they have to say everything over the air, like on route, in mm-hmm. station, because it's always, it's always collapsing up there all the time. The computer's always going down all the time. So they're not, they're not saying over the air anymore that they're in route or they're on scene or oh. responding. No, wow. Well, Well,我们那不是那不是，但是大家知道的，那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那
Right. So that, that's a good segue, basically, then to get into the, uh, today's today's uh, monitoring. So, how is it monitoring up there? I mean, you're you're in you're outside of Toronto, right? You're in a you're in a, a, a subset yeah, exactly. of Toronto. It's the old borough of Etobicoke, which is now part of Toronto. Okay. And where I am now, I used to live down south of here at Edison Martin Road. Now I'm up here in Rexdale, which is another hamlet of the uh, town of Etobicoke. I'm okay. uh, at Rexdale and Kipling, uh, Rexdale and Edison, this north of there. And I hung up my window where I am in a senior's building now. And I hung out the, I hung out the window. Every time I see a pure sign, I see fireworks going by all over the place. And if you're ever coming here to a, a blonde bell ring here all the time, because uh, for some reason, uh, some of the floors is people who, I, I guess they're, I guess they're getting on in years and they, can't, they don't remember what they're doing. Then down the street here, two, door, two doors down, they're there at least once or twice a day. There's one building all the time, which, uh, either smoke on the walls or, or cooking it or that. And I can, I can see it. I can, uh, with the SPS 200 object, um, Scanning on Toronto only right now, and I've been hearing everything that's going on. And the staff is well with tones. And sometimes, when they get a, uh, not really a mayday, but they get a, um, a call to back to, uh, abandon the, uh, roof. And they'll say, please put over the, uh, so they set out the tones to abandon the radio to all the firefighters carry portables. And down the state, I noticed that they honk corners, but not up here they don't. They, mm-hmm. uh, tell me exactly the building with the, uh, Pump the gas stack and put over the area to, to evacuate. That's another, that's another improvement up here where, where they don't eat pump corn because they don't pay too much attention to things going on. So they just uh, put over the air with uh, tones that, 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 that the command unit in charge that the platoon chief and the, or the um, captain involved, once we get off the roof, they, uh, they put the tones out. Right. And I think that's common. I think that's common practice too with a lot of uh, departments in general. They'll they'll send out the long tones over the, uh, the over the air, as well as all the trucks on the scenes will honk their will lay on the horn to notify everybody inside that they have to evacuate. Not, not, not up there. Not, not, oh, not, not up there. Okay. Oh, interesting. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation right now to remind you that anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 or month level does not get this upcoming break. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a moment. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is, we would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal 
assistance than what you can get from an online community. And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So let's back it up a little bit then. Let's talk about just the radio side of things here because I might have missed it. So as far as when it goes to scanning where you are right now, you said that police and fire are encrypted or is it just... No, just, just, just some, police right now. Just police. Just, like just here, police here, are encrypted. Not, there's nothing happening. In the province of Ontario, our premier up here is, I think you would left in the head really because he wants to encrypt the whole province okay and i was want i was something on the internet if you maybe you can find it chicago is encrypting the mayor they want to encrypt everything mm-hmm. he wants to fire and, the, and police everybody to encrypt it and every down there is fighting against her saying no it's, it's too dangerous the president of the union there and the um, other people running for mayor all say no and she wants to encrypt everything yeah, it is a lot of debate. Yeah, there's a huge debate on both sides for encryption. And, and not to cut you off, I don't want to go down a, a dangerous path here on this. But I've taken a point less of being respectful on both sides of the, of the, uh, of the argument, right? From, from, a, yeah, from, a, from a personal public safety point of view, like, again, my, my local county PD has lost officers due to people being on the scene who shouldn't have been on the scene. And that was really their cry for the need for encryption was for officer safety. And I understand it. Things have happened. But I also respect our side of the story where, well, we want to hear what's going on. We want to, we, we hate encryption because we've been able to listen to for decades what's been happening. And now all of a sudden we can't, right? But we have to remember too, the flip side of that is as discouraging as it makes us feel when it comes to scanning. And I know I've said this before, I'm just going to repeat it again here because I love the analogy that I <laughs> I made up for this one is basically, right, you don't let encryption, encryption can annoy you, it can be a nuisance and can really put a sour taste in your mouth when it comes to scanning. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, I can't listen to my own police department here, right? But at least I can listen to the fire department. So I'm not as bad as some people. And we're not as bad as like the UK where you can only listen to aviation, marine, and amateur radio and stuff like that. But my point of view here is, well, okay, so so your local town, city, county, whatever has gone encrypted, right? If your favorite TV show went off the air, say they were canceled, you wouldn't throw out your TV, right? Or if your favorite author decided they weren't going to write any more books and that series that you like to read is done, you wouldn't throw out your library card or, or your library or your books or your digital reader, whatever it is you digest books on. And if your favorite band decides that 
they're done making music, right? You're not going to throw out your, well, if anybody still has a CD collection, but you're not going to cancel all your music dis- subscriptions and stop listening to the radio and protest that your favorite band decided that they were no longer going to make music anymore. And the same should hold true for scanning, right? You just don't, don't give up on the hobby and throw it away because your favorite town or your local police stopped being able to be something to be listened to. We all watch different TV shows. We go, we, we, we listen to different music. You can still listen to different things on your scanner. There's other things out there besides local fire or police that were encrypted. I get it. It stinks, you know, but it's an opportunity to find something else and discover something else that maybe you wouldn't have given it the opportunity to. And then you find out that you like it, right? Maybe it, it turns somebody on to listening to aviation or rail traffic or marine. I mean, amateur radio and GMRS can just be nothing but people talking all day long. And I mean, if you listen to a podcast like mine, maybe you don't mind listening to somebody talk. <laughs> so, but I, I, I get, I, I get the encryption thing. Go ahead. Now, the thing is, so up here now, the uh, transit up here, KTC, Car Transit, huh. uh, I use Tetra. Oh, boy. And okay. The only way to hear that is somebody brought uh, SDR radio was going up here. And, mm-hmm. they're, and they're broadcasting that, and it says they say that it may drop a few times because it's not it's not the uh, it's the dongles, it's the Tetris system itself is not reliable. I've heard that about Tetra. That's what they use over in the UK, though. Uh, is, is Tetra now? Have you dabbled at all with uh, software-defined radios? No, I have not. So that's what I want uh, That's what I want to do when uh, I call you for my my session. I, I won earlier this year. It's mm-hmm. get me started. Uh, I'll get myself an SDR uh, dongle, and I seen one on the uh, Amazon for sixty dollars. So I'm gonna okay. get that. It's a, it's a little chip. It's a little dongle, and it's got uh, three antennas. Okay. Okay. Is that the new Alec one? Yeah, I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, see if it's the version five because that's the new one that's out there, and it's got. Uh, I think the word new Alec is actually in color. It's like rainbowed or something like that. So if you can't get that one, don't worry about it. But the uh, version five just gives you the ability to go into um, to do shortwave or uh, low band scanning or monitoring. So it opens well, it up. I think. Yeah. Another, one, another one up here still. It's called it's on the Amazon Canada called the Great Spot. It goes right from dawn to dusk, right up to six, six gigahertz. Okay. And the thing is, that's expensive. It's about five hundred bucks for that little that little system. Okay. And what what system is that now again? It's it's called Great Spot. Oh, Great Scott Gadget. Yeah, okay, the Great Scott Gadgets uh, thing. Yeah. To be honest with you, I would stick with the Newelec and uh, the RTL blog dongles to get started with. I wouldn't I wouldn't dive into the uh, the Great Scott Gadget thing. Nothing wrong with their device. I mean, I have two of them, but I think to get started, you'll get a little bit more enjoyment out of the um, the cheaper okay. the cheaper dongles. And you can graduate into it. What's up with anyways? Nothing. No, nothing. No, 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 no. But uh, the Great Scott Gadgets allows you. It's it's the um, the Porta Pack is the one with the display on it, which is built off of the uh, I can't remember the name of the board again. I, I keep uh, I keep forgetting what it's called, but it gives you twenty megahertz of reception, which is good if you have software that can handle that. The problem is though is is a lot of times you lose the bandwidth on the USB connection. So you're not going to really get the full 20 anyway. And it's it's really not super... You have to get the TCXO mod, which is an extra chip. It's also made by Newlec and put that onto the Grace Scott gadget. But it's, it's the Hack, Hack RF is... Hack RF, that's it, right? 
Yeah, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, you, you still need I a TCXO I just want to be able to monitor, will the, will the SDR goggles do um, Tetra? Well, yeah, there is software to do Tetra. I think SDR Sharp might actually have a plugin that allows you to do Tetra, but there's also a standalone Tetra piece of software, I believe. That's why I was asking you. That's, that's kind of why I asked the question about if you had dabbled at all with, with the software to find radios. Now, I've oh, never I'm not, used... No, I have not. No, okay. no. I, I yeah, want I, to. I want to get another computer anyway. I want to get a base okay. computer. My laptop is not acting too good, but I got hooked, hooked into um, Windows 11. Uh, Microsoft uh, sort of hooked me into doing... Um, they got you. <laughs> and Windows 11 is too fast for me. Okay. Okay. See, I set my computer up so that the BIOS wouldn't recognize that it was uh, upgradable. So that's what set, that's what prevents me from getting my Windows 11 update. But one of these days, yeah. I'm going to have to take the plunge on it. But uh, uh, I keep holding uh, off. The only thing, is, one good thing is, Windows 11 is now looking nice for scanners. They've got the drivers in there will do do radios now. Okay. So it's on the yesterday Windows 11 will do radios. Okay. The last, last, the last upgrade was the um, Windows 11 H2, and it's got all the drivers in for radios now. Good. In other words, they're trying to get everybody over to 10. 10 is good till October 2025. So I got a couple and after more that, years. Windows 11, and there's talk about Windows 12 coming out. Now. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually a late adapter when it comes to upgrading my Windows environment. So I, 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 you know, I use 7 until beyond the point when it was. Uh, you know, supported and the same with XP. And it took me, I think I got on the Windows 10 about two years ago. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of slow to upgrade these things. Well, I am also, yeah. In fact, this computer here, I still didn't up, update this one that we're talking on now. My laptop's updated, but this one I'm kind of holding off on. until I, I know it will take the update. It's just, I'm always afraid to do them. But, um, Anything else, Les, that, uh, that you want to... Uh, no, I think, actually, it's probably not one session, except that, um, as I said, the uh, computers are moving along. Another mm-hmm. thing is that if they all want to encrypt, why can't they... Uh, uh, what the, what the um, our fire chief up here said uh, many times that if they want to force encryption, we're going to encrypt one or two top groups for mm-hmm. sensitive information, like... Um, People are dying or got shot or something. Why can't and he said? Why can't the police and everybody else do it? You have to encrypt everything. Just right. one or two channels because if it gets uh, if the firefighter gets trapped in the house and it's burning, he ain't gonna get out because it's not reliable for the bounce that uh, signal out to the repeater in the chief car back to the back to the tower back to the, back to the communications and there's that may break up because it's encrypted. Right, and that has that has been an argument for a while with a lot of departments. Is they they like their analog, they like their point to point or fire ground or simplex communications, just for the reliability. The fact that there's no man in the middle, right? That there's no failure point, there's there's no repeater, there's no like that. And I actually think FDNY is has got something like that set up as well. So back a couple of years ago, what happened was there was a UHF repeater on the DO-IT system, which was the Department of Information and Technology. And the FDNY basically was repeating their fireground communications over a couple of talk groups, and they called it the DARS talk group. I, I don't understand what DARS stood for. I'd have to look it up. 
but it allowed anybody basically to monitor the fire ground communications in the FDNY. And it was great. But again, don't forget, it was still simplex on the fire ground scene, but it was repeated out. And I, I thought it was an awesome idea. Well, now they moved up to another, they, they, they kind of decided to go 700, 800, and they moved the DAR system over. And now it's fully encrypted. So while they're on scene, they can still, the way I understand how it works, and they, I could be wrong, which is probably likely because I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm more wrong than right. But the way that I understand that it works is it's still point to point. It's still direct. But the repeated transmission that was going out over the trunk system, now in order to receive that, you would need to have the encryption key in order to monitor it. And it's a hybrid environment, right? So, so you have safety on scene where it's still reliable. It's still point to point. And you can keep everybody safe. But for those that are outside of the listing environment who are off the block, they really can't hear it. Now, again, that's the way I understand that it works. And, and again, it may, maybe it's different, but um, I, I completely understand. And again, you'll have the police department turns around and says, no, we need to have everything encrypted, even our dispatch, because what if you have an officer that, that, does, that, that wants to run a traffic ticket and they need to get a license number over the air? Or we can't have them change frequency because we need them to have situational awareness. So for every, every argument, there'll be a counter argument for something. But I agree with you, Les, on that one. So dispatch is in the clear. And then if you have to go over to another channel for tactical uh, side traffic or whatever else, then yeah, encrypt it. You know, I, I don't need to, I mean, I would love to know what's going on on a, on a SWAT situation or something that's, that's, that's really interesting to listen to. We, we mean, I've heard evacuations of malls and, and, and stuff like that where they had active shooter situations here in my county and that played out in real time. It was actually during a Christmas uh, season that some lunatic went nuts in, in a mall that actually my, my wife and daughter are at right now. But to hear that play out over the air too, I mean, that's, that's exciting for us to listen to, but for officer safety and, and stuff like that, again, I kind of, I kind of get both sides of the story on that one too. So. Well, what, what, what blows my mind Phil, mm-hmm. is the, um, up here, our Toronto Hydro is all encrypted. Why, why are they encrypting Hydro, for God's sake? Well, they could, they could say... It could be, but again, you could say, well, it's it's a hydro plant, and that basically means that it's infrastructure, and as far as keeping that services running to the public, they don't want any security or like that. Like I said, too, there's... They, 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 again, I understand it. It could be... I could see both sides of the situation here when it comes to wanting to encrypt and encrypt it. And, and again, you got to be respectful of both sides. And I think it's, I get it though, right? I, it's frustrating. Yeah, I was I, back in 9-11, back in, back in 9-11 time. There's all, all this equipment starting up like this, starting mm-hmm. back in 9-11. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't put a date on when I when things start encrypting, but uh, I know people were, were interested in encryption prior to that. I know a lot of systems had been sold because they were led to believe that they were secure when it comes to like MDTs and, and officers like that. I mean, that's again, if we listen to the episode where I talked about Bill Cheek, right? That's kind of what got him in trouble was the fact that he was... Oh, Bill, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I remember Bill. Oh, he, was a, he was a fantastic guy. He I, was I, ahead I, of his I, time. I had to see I had Bill Cheek's um, scanner books and everything. Uh, uh-huh. I, I loved Bill Cheek. He was a wonderful guy. Yeah, in fact, you know that that's on my wish list too to to take a look at. I may have to go on um, online today so I can find his books because they're getting harder and harder to find. To be honest with you, and it would be definitely yeah, something I would love guy. to add. I, you know, 
he got me wearing your Asian scanning big time. I I got into it. And now this uh, mind you, Pure Reason Fire and uh what's gonna happen I will I will be listening to Pure Reason Ambulance because they want to encrypt all the ambulance services. Right. And what is happening is Toronto has said no, we're not gonna encrypt anything here because we can't afford it. Okay. Because well, uh- it means I spoke with my my community paramedic who cares for my health and that for me. She is on the, on the inside. No, and she's told me no way they're going to encrypt radio, get new radios to encrypt because they, they can't afford to buy new albums. Gotcha. So not, so going to be the last one to encrypt, but pure radios on a system of their own for albums too. Mm-hmm. And I think they can put their foot down and say no, we can't encrypt. Okay. A lot of the small communities up here cannot encrypt. That's why um, a number of fire departments in Wellington County went off encryption, went off of um, FleetNet up here. Fleet, FleetNet up here. FleetNet, yeah, up here. It was on the Ontario government phone uh, system. It's because they, they wanted to go all encrypted. They said, we can't afford it. We're a small volunteer town. We can't afford the radios. And so right. they dumped that and went over to FleetNet. That, that's what stops right and that's 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 the thing that stops a lot of these small departments is is, is when they're on the hook to pay for it right and, and they have to upgrade their systems that's that buys us more time basically as to listening to what there is right i want to change gears though really quick with you before we before we split here so let's run down though i mean you're up in again you're in canada you're you're uh in, in the outskirts of toronto we talked about you have you have Tetra systems up there, but I want to get a rundown really quickly from you. What kind of modulation or systems are you seeing up there? I mean, I, I looked at your reference because I've, I've done some programming for people up there and you talk about the Peel system and the Toronto public safety system. What are you yeah, guys seeing up there? Uh, a lot of, is it, is it a Peel lot of Regan, DMR? No, Peel Region is uh, straight. There's no DMR for public safety up here in mm-hmm. Peel Region or Toronto. It's not DMR. The okay. only DMR in Toronto is our what they call the citywide, which is a special system for for disasters. And you'll see it, you'll see it um, it's a DMR system. It's just all the, all the counties, all the uh, they have, um, once or twice a year, they have what you call, um, I lost, I lost the thought of that one. But anyway, they have a, um, they all get together and have a uh, mock, uh, they have a drill. Disaster. Mm-hmm. Fire drill, yes. Thanks, Phil. And what they do is they, um, but every every when every Tuesday at noon, they will test that system, and they'll do, they'll call Toronto Hydro, they'll call Toronto Police, they'll call nine eleven office, they'll call right. all of, all, of, all, of, all of different departments in Toronto, and Peel Region is on a trunk system, and on there is uh, is Mississauga Transit, it's uh, uh eight hundred major system in Peel, Toronto is seven hundred. But Peel Region and Brampton Ontario Hydro is on the trunk system. The buses, the transit buses are on the on the trunk system, and so is Mississauga's buses. And then you got all your roads department, all your waterworks people, bio officers. They're all on there, not encrypted. And in Toronto, it's sort of like a wish wash. Some of the some of Toronto is DMR as far as public offices are concerned, like the um, security for the um, satellite um, 
office away to the Club of the Old City, Old Club of Civic Center. The um, security there is DMR. And the um, some maintenance, roads, clouds, something and that, DMR. Okay. And so if I get a, if I get a drunk, I'll be, I'll be laughing with the DMR. I'll have no problem. Right. And then any uh, P25 up there, I guess, is, is pretty, pretty uh, popular. P25, thanks, TDMA. TDMA. Okay, so it's phase two up there. DMA, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's TDMA. And a friend of mine told me that once they go to TDMA, quit that for that. And I thought that's a miss because that's a no way it's got TDMA. It's only a two slots and you get talk more people on there. But mm-hmm. it's not going to be encryption after that. When I talked to the girl from Metro Ambulance, he said, no, they're trying to She says, no way. He says, we're not going to get. Uh, we're not going to get uh, new uniforms every year. Right. <laughs> You're saying that funds are tight up there. So, but, uh, uh that, so that, that is my whole story. We don't have to do a second session. That's my whole story. <laughs> That's your whole story and you're sticking to it. But, uh, and I, I mean, oh, yeah, I, like, I like aircraft. I like some aircraft. Yeah. Okay. But Marine is iffy because every time I get on the Marine band, I keep getting pages button in all the time. Yeah, unless it happens, right? You live in an area where you probably have higher buildings up there too. And, uh, oh, every building's got, every building's got either, either um, microwave on the top or, or cell towers. Every building right. in, in the whole city. Well, that happens. Yeah, that, that happens though with Marine. And that actually happened to me too because I, I had a radio set up on the Hudson River on the Jersey side. And I was using that to monitor remotely some of the Marine traffic and it would just get blown out all the time with, uh, with paging transmitters and you can buy filters. There's, if you, there's filters out there that will knock out some of that paging. Cause again, these paging transmitters put out five, 600 Watts and, uh, some of them aren't always the cleanest, but, uh, well, that, 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 it, it can be, it can be that, definitely overloaded yeah. on, on the scanners. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, though. The, yeah. uh, there's, there's something I caught in the radio reference mm-hmm. that if you get a, uh, you get post post-gap, whatever you call it, you can actually watch data going across from the fraudulent to the stations. It depends on how it's set up, yeah. In the VHF band, Ottawa had it, so they, the whole city of Ottawa is now fully encrypted. Okay. But uh, the post-gap, you can read all the data going across, like, uh, so we did that. We had a man at station two. We were a man short there and stuff like that. You read yeah, all I'm that. Not sure ProScan does that, but are you talking about like just paging, like paging data, PogSag paging, or is it other kinds of uh, traffic? No, no, no. What, what it is, it's a, a system that um, that they, they transmit data across a phone line, uh, across the, it used to be phone lines at one time, but now it's okay. across the radio. And there'll be a radio, one radio frequency that's used for a postgap, which they use to, um, send all their data, like all, all their data, all the reports, like, uh, all the gotcha. reports go that way, up to the, um, district chief's office, yes. or the senior chief's office. Right. I thought, I, yeah, I thought you said ProScan. You said Pogs, Pogs, PogSag. Yes. Yeah. So there's software out there. Here in the United States, it's, it's illegal. To do not to say that stops some scanner radio users from dab- dabbling in it, but uh, if you have a software-defined radio and you use software like PDW, uh, that will uh, decode the PogSag paging. I'm not sure if it does flex. Also, it might, but yes, you can definitely do it for that. And again, a lot of that information. This is what you know. A lot of the departments will carry on 
on their belt, those kinds of pagers, but also they have the LED signs and stuff like that that receive POGSAG paging and, and give certain types of updates as well. So yeah, you, you could see something like that 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 is displayed on on the system. So Les, I mean, think about the conversation that you and I just had and what we're talking about as far as when you first got, again, like you first got started scanning, transistor radio, dial, knob, you know what I mean? Uh, with a needle in the middle of the display to, to crystal, to synthesize. Now we're talking about simulcast, trunking, and now receiving signals over the air, decoding them with a USB stick, basically, and a computer. I mean, the amount of changes that you've witnessed in this hobby is mind blowing. You should write a book on it. It's it's crazy. Oh, no, oh, oh. I could probably. I, you know, if, I, if I was twenty years younger, I'd probably do it. See, I got a switch in my hands now. I can already type anymore. So, anyway, so thanks for your time today. I appreciate you having me on. And maybe it will take down the road. I'll do it again sometime. I come across something new. Les, thank you so much for being a guest today on the podcast. I really did enjoy hearing some of your stories. And of course, it's obvious that you are passionate about your opinions on encryption. And again, I feel your pain on that one. So again, Les, thank you so much for not only your support as a Patreon member, but also for being a guest on the podcast today, but also sharing your stories when it comes to the scanner radio hobby. And as a reminder to everybody else out there, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, simply go to scannerschool.com slash guest. Les, thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to book a conversation and record one with us and share it with the rest of the Scannerds community. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrek, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C., David Kunzneski, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Glenn Dabos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe P., John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Rich Palomari, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgrand, Terry Wright, Thomas Giampino, Tim Mazet, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.